0: Okay, we are going now. This is our second attempt at this podcast. We made it 39 seconds, maybe even 35 seconds, depending on who you're asking. But we made it roughly 35 seconds before we had to restart. Everything should be good now. We have Lissa here timing us, making sure she's taking notes so we could add in helpful tidbits of video and images like we always do, or at least try to do. Podcast podcast number four, breathing while swimming freestyle. Yep,
1: that's where we're going.
0: Essential to life, the breath. <laughs> yes. Take a moment. If you're driving, don't do this. If you're just sitting there, close your eyes and pay attention to your breath. You should notice while you pay attention to your breath that there's a pause, there's a gap between your inhale and your exhale. Do you notice this, Evan?
1: Yes, okay. I notice this. Is why very... is this
0: important in swimming? Because
1: That's when your head's going back in the water?
0: No, but it's oh, a good guess, solid yes. guess. My point is, why well, I find this important to recognize, natural breathing always has a delay or a pause, right? It's never a constant inhale into an exhale and vice versa. So you wouldn't go blow, 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 inhale, blow, 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 inhale, blow, 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 inhale, or would you? What would you do? I
1: mean, you're supposed to let out a continuous stream of breath whilst going through your motions or alternatively holding your breath and then letting it out right before your next breath. It's just depending
0: on how you're swimming. Right. So, Can you like, not if i have yourself doing... in your mic, is that why you have to lean over that way? Yes. <laughs> why don't you just uh, point your mic towards you a little bit more? Because then it starts picking you up. Oh, that would be terrible. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, because you're like leaning out of the video. But I, it's okay. It's fine.
1: People are just going to see
0: my hand. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, that's, 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 that's nice. It looks kind of like you lift it up a little bit higher. There you go. Now you're perfect. Alright,
1: so the way I see it is if you're doing more of a slow breath, I tend to hold my breath and then let it out right before I take my next stroke if I'm doing longer distances. Whereas if I'm sprinting I hold I'm letting out that breath continually throughout the stroke cycles that I have before my next breath. Okay. And that's just, I found that to be the most sustainable way that I
0: breathe when I'm swimming. Uh, Evie is caught on a cord. Yes, I know. It's my earphones. (laughs) Why don't you go get Evie off of your earphones? (laughs) Evie is our dog, by the way. She's the podcast dog who gets into lots of mischief. Um, Unbox
1: mascot.
0: So, alright, this is the way I think about it. Ready? Are you you talking for me now? (laughs) I can't see it now. There you go. (laughs) Um, For beginners, someone is learning how to swim or is a beginner swimmer, meaning they can swim at least 25 yards or an adult learn to swim person. They have to learn how to exchange air. They have to learn how to exhale through their nose, inhale through their mouth because that's opposite of what you should be doing in your general life. Lissa, can you call Evie over there, please? She's she's attacking Evan, I think. Um, So, for those beginners, you'd be surprised how hard it is to train yourself to exhale through your nose. This is a really important skill in swimming. For an intermediate to advanced swimmer, I think it's smarter to approach breathing differently. Meaning... You're still going to exhale, maybe a little bit through your nose, but you can exhale through your nose and your mouth, and it should be happening not continuously, but more like you were describing during your longer distances, sort of as you're turning your head to breathe. Okay, so I just want to clarify: beginners don't learn to swim, exhale through your nose continuously to develop the habit to to make sure to ensure that you are actually exhaling. Okay, this is very easy for people to start. Holding their breath, not exhaling, but then they inhale again, and they didn't blow anything out. All right, so they feel like they're suffocating, but in reality, they actually have too much oxygen. So
1: when I get to that point, I actually just when I go up for breath, I just breathe everything out, then go back under. Which right. is it's, wrong. <laughs> well, right, but if once I've gone, it's like a way to fix my wrong with another wrong to make a right. Oh, two wrongs end. do make a right. Yes. <laughs> Only in my case.
0: <laughs> so um, this is pretty contrary to what is out there on the internet. I bet if you searched Google right now for how do I breathe when I swim freestyle, no one would tell you to delay your exhale. Because basically most coaches are going to coach to the base level, which is beginners. Right? which makes sense. There's more more beginners out there than there are advanced swimmers out there or even elite swimmers out there. But at some point, for a beginner to go to intermediate phase, they have to learn something differently. Uh, and you can compare it to running. right? When you run, you wouldn't exhale continuously. There's a exhale and an inhale. Exhale, then an inhale. Right? So I'm surprised that when you sprint, you find it easier to exhale continuously. Because I would think if you get a good sprint going, you would have something closer to that like forced exhale does that make sense
1: oh, i mean it feels forced to me but then okay. again
0: and that I, might be true
1: when i get up exercising i breathe like a monster like mm-hmm. a angry right you're a horror monster yeah. that just is breathing down everyone's
0: neck all the time i just pictured that scene in Spaceballs where they they suck all the oxygen out of yeah the no, no no that's me yeah <laughs> that's you What is it
1: called, the mater later or something? Something, I don't
0: remember. Um, So I went down a breathing rabbit hole for about a year and a half, maybe even two years. Because for me, breathing and freestyle isn't just, well, how do you exhale, how do you inhale? It's more to it, right? So I ask people at an intermediate phase that they inhale into their lower back, which sounds crazy. It's a cue, not literally. Right. So that you're not filling up your chest with air. You're trying to fill, like, let your diaphragm open up and pull all that air, that beautiful air in. So you're a little better balanced, basically. And that you're not just breathing with, like, your neck muscles. Stop breathing with your neck muscles, please. It drives me crazy. Um... So that's one way to think about your breath, how you actually, where is the air going when you inhale? Are you filling up your chest? Are you filling up your abdomen with air, right? That's the preferred way to breathe. But then also, like we said, well, maybe at different levels, we'll have to breathe differently. So um, during a swim box meeting, we were reading this paper. Oh, Evan, you gotta wake up. We were reading this paper about you know, breathing, and, and it made reference to what we were just talking about, delaying your breath until you start to turn your head. And the their point was, if you do that, if you kind of a forceful exhale, your lungs will instinctively re- or reflexively inhale. It's like you've created a vacuum by blowing out really quickly, and your lungs don't like it, so they go,
1: give me air. No, that breathing is just a pressure a, a pressure differentiation between the outside yep. external pressure and
0: your lungs pressure. So right, all right. So if you're blowing air out constantly, you will have to take in air slowly. But if you force air out quickly, you will take air in quickly. Makes sense. Yes. All right. So it is contrary to what most swim coaches will talk about and teach. So during after that swim box meeting. The, I think it was four of us were there talking about this. And we made a decision (laughs) um, to, the next time we went to go swim, to pay attention to how we kind of naturally were breathing, because we'd all been fairly experienced swimmers. (laughs) Everybody's on the mic now. Um, To see what our breaths naturally wanted to do. And it was closer to what you do when you run. We did not blow our air out continuously. It was what I call an athletic breath. All right, it was, all right, because I'm breathing every right stroke, so I'm taking breath pretty quickly, pretty frequently, I should say, and because I take that breath so frequently, I don't have to inhale as much. I can survive off of a smaller amount of air because it's more frequent, versus what I see in a lot of beginners, in a lot of coaches, especially tri coaches will tell their beginner swimmers, you need to breathe every three strokes. That is not true. There's no hard, fast rule that you have to breathe every three strokes. But what that does is it forces people to blow air out slowly for long periods of time. So then they go, oh, my God, I got, I can't make it to another three strokes. I got to take this massive breath. <gasps> and then they turn their head really high up, really far up out of the water to get all this air. But you don't really need that much air, right? So it's kind of figuring out those those little details. Um, and And... So going down this breathing rabbit hole, it kind of exposed a lot of the flaws that I used to coach. Because I used to coach the same thing. Oh, just blow out of your nose. Just blow out of your nose constantly. Make sure you're blowing out of your nose. Blow all your air out. Blow all your air out. Right? Now, I don't I don't coach that at all, really. Because I don't work with that many beginners. But for my beginners that I do work with, yes, I will coach that. Now it's more like exhale very quickly around 60, and these are arbitrary numbers, these aren't real numbers, around like what you perceive to be around 60%. You don't want all your air out, right? You want some of the air out just so you can have some air back in. So whatever you get rid of, you've got to get back in. In my mind, I think of it as a one-to-one ratio. I don't know if that's actually true, but in my mind, that's what I think about it.
1: I mean, one of the few things that I've noticed when I've been breathing is that when I try to exhale air forcefully underwater it's met with resistance and that makes sense because it's in a fluid medium so i always find that it's a lot easier to take in air when i'm like breathing rather than to expel the same amount of air mm-hmm. while underwater well, that makes sense and it's one of those things that i've been practicing at making sure i get that right ratio between the two like when do I start exhaling underwater to expel enough air that I'm going to get in my next stroke or my next breath during my stroke and that's something that I've had it's something where I get into a zone and I get but if something interrupts that like zone of thought and concentration it becomes very difficult to Kind of control the ratio of what I'm breathing out into the water versus what I'm taking in in the air, especially with mm-hmm. those forceful breaths right before I take my next like breath right bu- like, during the stroke.
0: Yeah. And you bring up a good point, by the way, in that when you think about breathing, it becomes a lot harder. All right. Breathing should be an automatic thing, but it's it can't be an automatic thing in swimming. You have to give it some thought. You have to give it the attention that it needs to build up the habit. I don't think about breathing when I swim now. The The amount that I think about breathing is when I'm about probably 30 minutes into a swim, I need to think about, am I actually keeping my face as low to the surface of the water as possible? That's about as much as I think about. Everything else is happening fairly um, habitually. It's just there. It's, it's, it's already kind of laid that foundation for myself. Right. But as a beginner, you have to probably give yourself sets I don't know, around 200 yards, 400 yards, somewhere like that, not continuously, but sets to think specifically about your
1: breathing. Actually, I would say you have to do it continuously because when I'm just doing it like in a short distance, I don't pay attention to my breath. I'm Oh, I'm at the other side. It's time for me to rest.
0: Yeah, but if you had like a dedicated set of 825s to only think about your breath, I think you would give attention to your breath.
1: Um, because if you say eight twenty fives, that's implying that you're taking a little bit rest in between, which means you're making a stop gap for yourself. Like for you to get into a habit, you have to continually like test it. So for me, I found that when I started doing longer distances, like three hundreds and four hundreds, like continuous reps between the two and then giving myself like a minute of rest in between. I found that my breathing and my stroke gets incredibly better mm-hmm. rather than interrupting it every twenty five yards.
0: Like, yeah, but you didn't start doing by you didn't start by do, doing this by doing three hundreds. You started with twenty fives. That
1: is true. I did start with twenty five, but once you taught me this method, right the the next day I started doing repeat three hundreds. Consistently, and that was the only thing I did, and I got a lot better with right. that breathing. And
0: it's going to be different for everyone, as far as like how quickly they process it. Yeah, so I mean, it, it. So my my point is, basically, the rule that I like to follow is: new motor patterns, motor skills, mm-hmm. you can only really maintain for fifteen to twenty seconds. So that's about a twenty-five. All right, so you can learn that pretty quickly. Actually, the learning curve for that within those twenty-fives can be quick and it's up to that person or that person's coach that individual to then determine okay I'm going to do 825s with 30 seconds rest so I can just focus on this well then maybe the next day you can do 825s with 20 seconds rest and then 5 seconds rest eventually right and then now you're swimming at 200 continuously so it's just up to that individual it was 200 don't worry i've been a swim coach long enough that i know 825s is 200
1: <laughs> i haven't so clearly i need to do the math
0: okay i, I i'm a middle distance swimmer so i also I'm very, very acute to like 825s. That's all I want to do. So, But trying to figure out the breathing is really hard because you have to think about it. And you can't give yourself too much to think about all at once. And when it comes to breathing, for whatever reason, I think it's a survival instinct. But when someone goes to breathe, everything else that they were thinking about goes to the wayside. Because the most important thing to you as a human being is survival. You're going to make sure you get that air. You're not going to care if your kick splays or if you've under-rotated or whatever, right? You're going to be focused on, I need air and I need it now. So give time to think about your breathing, even though it can be very difficult to think about breathing. It can be very frustrating for people too. Um, So... I mean, it's a huge mental component as well. it really is.
1: Like, for example, you know, I was doing my lifeguard certification this week, right? And during that lifeguard certification, I found that when I was underwater and I was trying to control my breath for, you know, rescue um, procedures, I was having a hard time keeping that breath because instinctually i'm like i'm underwater mm-hmm. i shouldn't be here how long have i been here like <laughs> kind of thing but then there's this this guy next to me and he's like he has like a bunch of scuba certifications mm-hmm. and he is just mentally calm about everything it's because awesome. it really is yeah and he was able to just go down, evaluate, and then come back up because he knows his limits and he's been underwater a lot. Yeah. And that's one of those things I feel like, especially for breathing and swimming in general, making sure you have that mental calm is yep. always better.
0: Yep. So that would, I don't agree with doing like, no breathers, swim a 25, no breath, or a 50, no breath. I don't agree with those that process. It doesn't really help much. But what it did teach me was if I could stay calm and relaxed, I could do a 50, or even I used to be able to do a 75, no breath, with flip turns, as long as I stayed calm. The soon, as soon as I let the the concept or the panic like, take over of, uh, this hurts, you probably need to breathe. As soon as you let that thought take over, it's like, God, I need to breathe. But if you could stay calm, it's a lot better. So I think that's also something that you can learn without having to hold do breath holds like that. Right. You can and, just learn it. and it's
1: definitely, I say, a very strong portion of how quickly you pick up breathing as well, is how familiar you are and how comfortable you are with the water. Yeah.
0: So how you breathe is important, right? We've given now two different ways that you can breathe in freestyle. You can exhale continuously. your nose and inhale through your mouth, you can wait until your head is turning to take the breath to exhale, and you can exhale through your nose and your mouth at the same time during that, and that's perfectly acceptable. Um, The other thing to kind of keep in mind is if you're swimming freestyle correctly, you will probably, without a doubt, I will uh, not say probably, without a doubt, you will have some water in your mouth all the time. With that said, is you need to be able to inhale with some water in your mouth, and it's more than possible. Yeah. So, Evie really wants your attention. I don't know why, but she really wants your attention. <laughs> She's just That's off camera, right. too, because this is kind of adorable to watch. Um, Lisa, can you call Evie again, please? Oh, my gosh. She just put her hand on his shoulder. <laughs> it's nice to be loved.
1: All right. So... <laughs> One of the things I think we should really start talking about now is because we've gone a lot, we've got, we've gone a, a large portion of this time about how to breathe, but
0: not when, when to breathe. That's where I was getting to. So, so, now you have two options of how to breathe, right? In in my opinion, there's only one option of when to breathe, okay? So, I coach it two different ways, just depending on the person and what they connect with.
1: Okay, this is going to be interesting because when I was watching Dan do the open water clinic, he talked about how when you take a breath changes when you're swimming open water versus in a pool.
0: Oh, really? What did he say?
1: He says you take your breath a little bit earlier than you would in a pool while doing open water. I don't know why, though. That's what I I I remember him (laughs) saying this, and I'm like, okay. So I disagree with that. I might be quoting this wrong. I just like because I was on the pool deck, he was in the the middle of the pool, (laughs) and I could barely hear him. But that was like one of the things I did hear him
0: talk Um, about. I it shouldn't change. Open water to in pool that shouldn't change. So the timing should be: you keep your head still, looking straight down, until either. The forearm of your arm that is stroking is about at your bottom rib or at the top of your waistline. And that's when you initiate the turn of your head. That is this should be, if you have good timing in your freestyle, should be about the same exact time that your hip has opened up to its rotation. Not okay, that's its, interesting because you taught me yep. hip, head, hip. Not hip, head, hip, head. It's hip, head, hip. Okay. Hip has to open up. Right. It has to turn. And then really it should be, we could say hip, head, head, right? If you want to break it down. Right, 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 hip, head.
1: That's what you did say. I just. Right. So you could say hip,
0: head, head, but you don't need to. Right. Because it should be implied with that that breathing motion is one motion. It's not two separate motions. (laughs) P.S. It's not two separate motions. It's a continual motion. So it's not turn my head, take a breath, turn my head down. You have to be taking a breath as you turn your head up and inhaling as you turn your head down. That's tricky. I mean,
1: I I like breaking things up and then putting together. Right.
0: So turn your hip. Make sure your hip feels open before you start to even move your head. This is where people really mess up. And I say that because they're anticipating their breath because they really want that air. And when they really want that air, they're gonna start turning their head before they should. And when you turn your head before you should, you kind of destroy your posture. You start lifting your head up, all right? Your hips give, we talked about this in rotation. Yeah. Your hip rotation gives your neck mobility to take a proper breath. So if you turn your hip, your head has enough mobility to take the proper breath. You should, for the most part, keep a good body posture without having to lift your head up, All right? One of the other cues that I like to use uh, is inspired by one of my former, I think she was 17-year-old clients, and I love telling this story because it's the best way to try to think about this. I asked her to try to look back a little bit while she was taking her breath so that her eyes would be looking sort of slightly downward in her eye socket and like down towards the bottom of the pool and down and back as well. And I asked her, you know, how, how did that feel? And she said, Oh, it kind of feels like when your friend says, check out that hot guy, but don't look.
1: (laughs) I was going to say like, I don't know where I remember hearing this. It could be from you or could be from uh, Jerry Rodriguez and his podcast, but uh breathing into your elbow and then i was, or not elbow
0: armpit uh-huh. and then
1: and that and taking your
0: so down I, and in. I think that's a bit of a dramatic cue it could be helpful initially but you just want to be careful that you're not pulling your head towards your armpit right okay right. fair enough makes it right i, I was thinking yeah, i always think of it too. as you just you're doing like a
1: subtle smell check of yourself like did I really put on deodorant? Don't like let anyone know. <laughs> Exactly. If you turn your head too much, they're going to know right. you're doing that. You know, "Oh, I'm stretching."
0: Right. So I I really believe in where your eyes moves, where your head's going to go. So where are you looking? So if you try to look up towards the ceiling, your head's going to turn all the way up there so you can see the ceiling. I've actually seen people um tell me they were looking down Come to find out they weren't looking down. They were looking out of the top of their goggles and their head was positioned because their eyes were in that position. So wherever you kind of direct your eyes, your head's going to follow. So you need to make sure you're kind of looking diagonally behind you to breathe. And I don't think of it as a turn as much as I think of it as a tilt down with a slight turn.
1: You want your eyes to lead your head tilt then, is what you're going
0: for, okay. How little above the surface can you see and still get air? That's the thought that I have every like 20 or 30 minutes that I'm swimming, I have to like check myself. Because you get really comfortable, and you go, oh, this is so easy. Can you force yourself to be in an uncomfortable place and get air, because that's gonna help your posture Personally, I
1: find it more comfortable to breathe like that. Every single time mm-hmm. I'm just doing side versus like sniff check, I always get like mm-hmm. neck, like my neck starts just aching, and I'm just like, okay, yeah,
0: I know I'm doing this wrong. I mean, emotionally uncomfortable. So when I'm taking a breath, my face is submerged. I have water flowing over my face, but I'm okay. taking a breath in the the trough of the the bow wave. I mean, when I do my sniff check,
1: so that's I, have like a, I have like a diagonal turn. So my top of my head is under the water. My yeah. mouth is just above, but I can still see halfway under the right. water.
0: So it kind of goes to the, the, what we're talking about. When you should breathe is going to determine where your head's going to point. So the crown of your head should be pointing or attempting to point slightly downward. Um, we talk about this all the time with my clients. Your brain is judging if you can breathe based off of your eyes, and your eyes are set wider than your mouth. So if you only think about where you're looking, you'll pick your head up, so that the crown of your head is angled up out of the water, putting your mouth closer to the surface. Well, that makes it harder to breathe. But if you tilt your head down, so that the crown of your head is pointing almost towards the bottom of the pool, you're now angling your mouth away from the surface, which makes it a lot easier to breathe. It's counterintuitive. Your brain doesn't care about this, right? Your brain cares about survival. So it's going to make sure you're clear. You can take the breath now. So you have to train yourself to like, it's a confidence thing where you could go, okay, my head was pointing down and I could actually breathe. So, you know, it, it, it takes time. You have to set it up with good timing of your hip rotation first. And then it's also combining that good timing with a good turn or like I said, a tilt. It's a tilt and turn at the same time. So how little are you moving your head actually to breathe? Your head weighs a lot, so you want to move it as little as possible. Yeah. All right. It takes a lot. Um, this is not done overnight. It's not easily accomplished. You have to kind of think about how you're breathing first. So think about how you're breathing first. If you're a beginner, blow out of your nose continuously. If you want to kind of, if you're a beginner that wants to move up and get faster, start practicing. Exhaling as you turn your head and taking small breaths frequently, especially for distance swimmers. If you're sprinting, if you're uh, a 50 sprint, you're not breathing, right? So you're breathing maybe once or twice. <laughs> maybe if you're older, maybe you're breathing four times, six times tops. I can't imagine breathing six times in a 50, but who knows? All right. Distance events, you should be breathing frequently, not infrequently. Avoidance is not the answer. So,
1: Yeah, because your body runs on oxygen. Right. By giving it less oxygen, the body will cease
0: to function as it eats. So even in the 2016 Olympics, we started to see distance swimmers taking a double breath before they flipped. So they'd breathe on one side, breathe on the other side, and then they would flip. Just to have that much more oxygen. I don't know if it was helpful or not. I haven't seen any research to, to support oh, it. Oh,
1: oh, oh. You're thinking 200 events kind of. No, a no, no.
0: Distance swimmers. So the 1,000 and the mile. 800. I
1: was about to say, the 10-kilometer Olympic swim is done in open water, I believe. So Those aren't the only distance events i, I swim know. In, So I know. That's probably a fair estimate. Yes.
0: If I'm swimming more than me personally, if I'm swimming more than two minutes, it's a distance event. But, you know, that's how I work. Um, Sounds to me. So... That's how you can breathe, and the second part of this, right, the second item on the list is, when do you breathe? He said, I like people to breathe frequently. You should be able to breathe on both sides, but that doesn't mean you have to practice breathing by bilaterally every three strokes. You can practice by side every length or every 50 or every 100 or every practice or every week, whatever you want to do. But make sure you can breathe on both sides. The timing should be the same. Make sure that your hips rotate up, then you turn your head to breathe. Face has got to beat your arm back into the water, right? So that's why it's hip up, head is turning, head's got to get back down before your hip turns back down, right? Um, And then how are you turning your head? Are you using your eyes? Where are your eyes looking? Are you looking slightly back? Can you see below the surface of the water? Can you close, I don't know, one of your eyes and kind of isolate what you see? I like to close my top eye, so I have to see underwater. Then I know. Not everyone works that way. So, it's just dependent on how it works for you. Play around with it. Fair enough. Um, I would say anyone that's really interested in breathing, they can go online and find our foundational breathing. um, Course. Module, (laughs) course, yeah. Uh, It is in depth, it is very technical. We try to make sure it's not too technical, but it has to be technical. We're, We're talking about very detailed things. Um, it's not meant for learn to swim and it's not meant for, for beginners that are just becoming beginners. It's meant for people that are trying to, to move up into like an intermediate freestyle or an advanced freestyle. Does that make sense? Makes sense to me. Do you have questions about swimming or about swimming, about breathing before we end our podcast for the day?
1: Well, considering that you have, like, drilled breathing in from, like, the first day that I met you, I I don't have too many questions about it. It's something I practice quite a bit out of all the things I do for swimming. Breathing is probably number one that I practice next to stroke mechanics.
0: So, I mean, really quickly, breathing is so important that I actually had a client that had thoracic outlet syndrome because of the way he was breathing during his freestyle. It only happened while he was swimming. And he'd been a swimmer his entire life. So he only had the symptoms from thoracic outlet syndrome was basically his, his hands started to tingle and they went numb because the nerve was being pinched off by his neck muscles. Um, and so he would have to stop every 200 yards and just float on his back and calm his breathing down. He had no idea why his fingers were doing that. But he came in, we took a look at his swimming, and he all of his breathing was up in his neck, everything. So breathing is so important that it could lead to th- these really negative symptoms. Well, it's you're trying to
1: avoid those overuse injuries, so the less times you're taking bad breaths, the less you strain you're putting on your body.
0: Yeah, exactly. So
1: and um, Like that's like the definition of preventing swim injuries is making sure you're not overusing certain things and if you are going to be overused things like the rotator like cuffs and if you are doing swimming properly you shouldn't be relying on them too much but strengthening them and making sure that you are trying to prevent those overuse injuries you're doing the same motion for a
0: long time right hundreds of times within a practice and that's like what every day or three to four times a week. Yeah, but something like that. Breathing's really complicated. It's not easily discussed in just like this format. It's helpful to discuss it in these formats. Um, it's helpful to see things. It's helpful on a, on a sort of science of end basis as well. Everyone is different. Everyone's going to come to this with a different perspective and different limitations. All right? So... If anyone has any questions about breathing, I am o- I like to make myself available to people no matter what. So people can always email me. My email is just dominic at the Pretty straightforward. So just email me and I'm happy to answer any questions about breathing and talk or like set up a phone call and talk about breathing. Um, it's kind of my passion. I really like breathing. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> All right. So we're going to end it. For today, we're going to have our fifth um, podcast. Final. Oh, no. We have six. Not a final line. podcast. No, the
1: final of the beginning. Of the series. Yeah. I think we actually have six. I don't think we have five. Remember? Yeah, we added one. We added one.
0: So Recovery, propulsive phase. So we're going to be talking about, we might combine them. We'll see. We yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about the recovery phase and the propulsive phase next time. And you should be like super educated swimmers by then. You've listened well, more educated. You've listened to two and a half hours, roughly, or even more, maybe even three hours worth of uh, information. So you should be like a swim coach at that point. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: it's, it's going to be included in our training module. Listen to this podcast That's episodes right. one
0: through X. That's right. <laughs> All <laughs> right, we are done. Thank you for listening. Bye.